Well, my parents are still home. They said they were going to come to the 945 service, but they got me thinking, since it is Mother's Day, I just wanted to share just a couple of things from my childhood. Um, of course, we have the school records, and my mother was going through me and laughing hysterically because I think I got an eye in working well with others, which means needs improvement or something, but of course we have that. Um, and uh, my kindergarten <laughs> name... So, mothers, this is for you to just kind of enjoy. A letter to Antonia from my, my I guess, my classmates in kindergarten in the year. I'm not going to tell you, but that's that. Um, this was when I was very, I was a very sick child when I was 12 years old. And this was get well quick and all the doctors and nurses um, signed this. That's a, a memory for me from Mother's Day. Um, my very first Bible, um, which is kind of neat because it says, uh, when I was saved July in 1972, so it's the Children's Living Bible was my first Bible. And then when I got older, I remember I was really into um, history, so I think my parents got me the Bible timeline, and you open it up and it's like the history of everything. So if you look, look I mean it goes on ad infinitum, but uh, just a couple of things to say mothers, you have no idea the impact that you have on your children. Um, even my mom, she's turning 80 this month, and um, she's going to be here in a little while, but um, you just have no idea. They, they watch you when you're ready or not, and so I just, they're not here, but I wanted to give a shout out to my parents, but they'll be here next time, next uh, service, since I have to do this three times, they told me, so <laughs> anyway. You're right, my heart did slow down. That was good. <laughs> so now I'll officially begin. Um, so good morning. Happy Mother's Day. And um, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Tony Benecki. Can you hear me okay? Is this on? Because I happen to be very loud, so I apologize beforehand about my loudness, but that's how it is, so get used to it. So. Anyway, I uh, sing with Synergy, and um, I've been a member of Trinity since 2006, um, and I am just as surprised as you are to see me standing up here. I wanted to acknowledge my mother and father, my mom, Joyce, for her uncompromising love, and my father, Mike, whose curiosity about our Lord led our family to salvation and to a lifetime of faith. And it really is my honor and privilege to bring the message to you this morning. Now, I, I'm not really afraid to speak being an educator for over 30 years, I'm used to that, but my biggest fear that you're going to be listening, um, because <laughs> as a middle school teacher for all these years, once I start talking, I, I am interrupted about 25 times. Like, Can I go to the bathroom? When does the work do? Can I go to my locker? Stop hitting Johnny. Put that phone away. Why are you late? So if you feel like you want to talk to your neighbors, it will be very, I'll feel very, very at home. If you make some ruckus, take out your phone and look at Snapchat, you know? But right, my hope is that I can, yes, yes, thank you, okay. <laughs> Put that phone away, Nancy, okay. My hope today is that I can clearly state what God has put on my heart. <clears throat> Excuse me, let me get some more water. Okay. So the, the story I'm about to tell is a familiar one. It's about a girl named Mary who lived in Bethany. This is the Mary of Mary and Martha fame. And um, who, he, she has a 
brother named Lazarus, you know, the guy who died, and Jesus raised him from the dead. Okay, this is the Mary, since there's about five or six Marys in Scripture. It's a story about someone who chose to do something. And what she did was very significant, not only in her life, but in the life of our Lord. It's my intention to study this passage of Scripture with you and to challenge you as it has challenged me. Would you pray for me, with me? Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In her book, She Did What She Could, it's a little tiny book written by Elisa Morgan. She concentrates on the five words of Jesus that were life-changing not only for a peasant woman, but for you and for me. And in the course of the story that was read this morning, thank you for reading it, you might miss these five words. So much happens in the story, you might just fly right through them. The account can be found in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. And I'd like to read the Mark version for you. While he was in Bethany... That's Jesus. Reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. In fact, I have the perfume right here. It's called spikenard, and you can actually, it's right here. If you want to smell this, it's awesome. This is the oil that was poured on Jesus right here. I keep this in my purse forever. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor, and they rebuked her harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you, and you can help them anytime you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. She did what she could. I'd like to spend a little time on each one of those words, the first word being she. Why is this word significant? Because at this moment in time, God chose a woman for such a time as this. A girl, if you will. Scripture records lots of incidences where men were chosen to carry out God's will. And I praise the Lord for all of those men. There were rulers and kings and stories about armies and scholars and psalmists and thieves and soldiers and lion den survivors and fiery, fiery furnace inhabitants. Judges and shepherds and wise men and angels and disciples and apostles, all men. So when a story about a woman comes along, I take notice and I cheer because I'm reminded that God chose a woman like me, like your sister or your mom or your coworker, or maybe your boss or like your aunt or your cousin or your niece or perhaps your child's best friend, maybe your daughter or even your mother-in-law. God can choose you. You know, after Mary was scolded for doing something so wasteful, Jesus' what was Jesus' reply? Leave her alone. She's done a beautiful thing. 
Truly, I tell you, whenever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told. Wow, what a legacy she has. You know, we come to find out in the John passage that was none other than Judas Iscariot who started the malignment of Mary. He said, you know, we could have sold the perfume and we could have gotten a heck of a lot of money and fed the poor. We could have taken care of the poor for like a year. Now, do you really think that Judas cared about the poor? He was actually interested in lining his pockets as he dipped into the treasury. Because it says right there in John 12, 6, he didn't say it because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was in it. She is an important word. Because, yes, God choose both, chooses both men and women. She did. Yeah, okay. You know, I'm a bit of a wordsmith, and I really like to, to see what words mean. And, you know, the New Testament, since it was written first in Greek, and then translated into Latin, and then from Latin to English, we're like two languages away from the real meaning. So I, I, I asked my dad to help me with this Greek stuff, and he actually looked up the word did for me. The Greek word is poeo. It's a verb. It means to engage in making or to bring about a productive action, to make or do or commit something. It's not just like she did, oh, I put the book down, oh, I did that. No, she did this. This word means a committed act. And Mary did act. She didn't think it was a good idea and not follow through. She wasn't told to do it. She wasn't coerced to do it. She didn't act out of obligation. She didn't wait to be invited. She initiated and did something beautiful that will be remembered forever. What did she do? She, she brought the perfumed oil. She saved it for such a time as this. She broke this very expensive perfume on Jesus' head, as it says in Matthew, and on his feet, as it says in John. She literally anointed Jesus' body before burial. She wiped it with her hair. You know, in James 1.22, it says this, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And you know the Greek word for this do is poetes, meaning to perform, to do a thing unto another. It's the same do that Jesus talked about Mary did. It's the same did, do. It's the same uh, root word in the, in the Greek language. We need to be intentional about what we do for the Lord. Let's not engage in some random, haphazard, afterthought Christian life. Let's, let's come together and bring a productive action. Let's commit to something. Let's just do it as Nike implores us. You know, some will say, well, I don't know where to start. Well, how about this from the parable of the Good Samaritan? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. We can go a step further and go and make disciples as Jesus commands his disciples in the Great Commission. Do you remember the Greek word poeo? To make or do something on purpose. Let's be active Christians and not passive ones. She did what 
she could. Well, what was it that Mary did? Well, you know, Judas says that Mary wasted expensive perfume. Jesus said that she anointed him before his burial. Mary worshiped the Lord in such a demonstrative way, without hesitation and without regret. She could have poured, you ever think about this? She could have poured the oil on Jesus privately without not being in front of everybody at the dinner party, but she displayed her worship publicly. She took a risk, and she knew it was controversial. She didn't wonder if it was good enough. I mean, the next verse doesn't say, and Mary walked away wondering if she did the right thing and wondering if she should have used the rose perfume rather than the spikenard or regretting she should have maybe poured two bottles on, on the Lord. That's what I do every day. I question, am I good enough? Do I look okay? Do I worry about, I mean, I'm over 40 years old and I work, I worry about what people think of me. I second guess everything that I do, but not Mary. She did this with abandon. And you know, I'm always reminded, if it wasn't for Rahab, we wouldn't have spies. If it wasn't for widow, the widow, we would not have her might. I like that, her might or her might. I was like, play on words there. If it wasn't for Esther, the Jews would have perished. If it wasn't for Noah, everything would have drowned on the earth. And if it wasn't for Jesus dying on the cross for you and for me, we would not have eternal life. She did what she could. So I ask you, what is your what? Are you using your gifts for the kingdom of God? Are you creative? Are you good with organization? Can you help? Can you pray? You know, you may say, oh, I'm too young. Well, you're not. You may believe, well, (laughs) I'm too old. (laughs) No, you're not. You may think you have no gifts or talents or influence. Well, guess again. You may think you're not experienced enough, but guess what? God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And God does not want your ability. He wants your availability. She did what she could. This story is about a specific person at a specific time in history that we read about and we will remember forever. It's not about a professor or a bank president or a heart surgeon or a senator or Uber driver or a millionaire. It's about a peasant woman unabashedly displaying her love for the Lord. You know, we are all unique. Psalm 139 says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, I know that full well. In Matthew, it says, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them, even in the snow. (laughs) Are you not much more valuable than they are? Even the very hairs of your head are numbered, says in Matthew. If we can believe Scripture then we can believe that God has a very special task for each and every one of us to do. You know, last week, Pastor Ron made a reference that, you know, it used to be that older people were looked up to, that experienced people were respected. And he said, but today, if you're 60, you're considered obsolete. 
Once you buy a new computer, well, it's already obsolete, right, Ray? The minute you buy it, there's another one coming out. You buy 10 and 11 comes out for their phone. If it seems like if you don't have a Twitter or an Instagram account and you never watched Game of Thrones, I mean, GOT was all over. I was like, got? What is got? Oh, it's Game of Thrones. Oh, okay. Or if you've never played Fortnite, well, guess what? <laughs> you just don't matter. This is a ploy from the pit of hell to make you feel as if you're worthless. Well, I'm here to say that Jesus didn't die for pieces of junk, and he died to save his precious creation, and that's you and that's me. Well, she did what she could. You know, my father, you know how he got saved? He read the book of Hebrews. This is way back, way back when he was challenged. Well, read the book of Hebrews. Well, he was saved by reading this book. It changed his life. It changed my life, the life of our family. And in chapter 11 of Hebrews, it gives a list of people and what they did because of their faith. How Abel offered a sacrifice. How Enoch pleased God. How Noah began to build the ark even before it started to rain. How Isaac blessed his sons and Jacob worshipped God. And how Moses' parents hid him. How the Jews passed through the Red Sea unharmed. And how the walls of Jericho fell. The chapter goes on and on and on about all these people who, by faith, did what they could. Well, now here's the time of truth. My phone is a time waster for me, I believe tell you right now. It's good for FaceTiming my family, although my mother hates when I FaceTime her, and I usually see her ear because she doesn't want to look at the thing. But I'm not talking about that kind of time on your phone. I'm talking about if you click on screen time. Have you ever done this on your phone? There's a screen time thing. And you can see just how much time you're spending on your phone. In the last seven days, it says that I have spent a grand total of 21 hours on the phone. Now, let me break it down for you. It even tells you what you did in those 21 hours. Well, four hours and 23 minutes were spent on social networking. Two hours and 16 minutes were spent on games I took two hours and 57 minutes, no, not three hours, two hours 57, to message people. And I surfed the web for two hours and nine minutes. And I'm not talking about, you know, you get the gist. Every time I check my phone, it's recorded. Now, I'm, I am totally horrified that I've spent nearly one whole day on my phone looking like this. Right? So I was curious to see how many hours my students spent on their phone. So I have this little girl, a little sixth grader, and I said, uh, do this for me. Go on screen time. And said, can I see? Go up. Guess how much time a sixth grade girl in my class spent on the phone last week? 63 hours. 63 hours. That's 20 hours longer than an average work week. I'm dying to know how much you, Jay, spend on your phone. I want to know. Look up screen time for me and just tell me later, okay? That's a sixth grader. I'm dying to know what a high schooler spends. I asked her what her top app was. She goes, Snapchat. I said, Snapchat. So I downloaded Snapchat to see what was so cool about it. It's fun. Snapchat is really fun. I better get it off my phone because it is so entertaining. And, I, and it's a time stealer. 
Wouldn't it be cool if there was a Christian service app on your phone? I mean, wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be great if instead of telling me that I spent four hours and 27 minutes, um, you know, surfing the web or whatever, that it said I spent four hours in prayer last week or maybe three hours reading scripture rather than playing that dumb game Woody where you take the, you know, the shapes and you try to stay. I love that game. But I spent 20 hours playing games and, and looking at the latest fail videos. You know those fail videos? They crack me up. <clears throat> and rather than doing what I could do instead, I should be getting to know the Lord better. Don't even get me started on how much I watch Netflix each week. Don't let other things distract you. We must retrain our eyes on Christ. We have to ask ourselves, what changes do I have to make to refocus? How can I be deliberate in the service for God? You know, I, I, I really don't want to be remembered for having reached level 463 on Candy Crush. I do not want that to be my legacy. I certainly do not, my, 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 I, I certainly do not want to regret that I didn't do my best for the Lord. You know, Mary did what she could with what she had. And her legacy is living on forever, worshiping the Lord with a, in abandon. She didn't compare it with other people. She wholeheartedly worshiped the Lord. Isn't it about time that we do the same? Would you pray with me? Lord, as we contemplate the extravagance of the act that Mary did, please encourage us to do the same. Remind us to be diligent about spending more time with you than we spend on our mobile devices. Reveal our gifts to us, O oh Lord, so we can use them for your kingdom. Help us to be doers of the word and not hearers only. And thank you for calming my heart today. In Jesus' name, amen.